Good morning, everyone. I'm excited to start sharing this week's reflection with all of you. And so um, this is something new that I'm starting. Uh, I've just been thinking a lot and reflecting on where we're at in society, where we're at in history right now. Uh, and what I've seen is there's just a lot of challenges, to, to say the least. So uh, on these quick little sound bites, I'm going to be exploring these thoughts. I'm going to share my learnings as I navigate the topics of uh, sustainability, democracy, mental health, um, and, and other things throughout these these bite-sized weekly reflections. So uh, stay tuned for, for more as we continue to grow. But today, what I'm going to be focusing on uh, are some of the learnings that I had in a webinar about the subject of indigenomics. So this defined by Carol Ann Hilton, who's the founder of the Indigenomics Institute, uh, talks about it as the uh, it's Indigenomics honors the powerful thinking of indigenous wisdom, of local economy, relationships and human values. It is about increasing the role and visibility of indigenous peoples in the new economy and understanding indigenous ways of being and worldview by drawing on ancient principles that have supported indigenous economies for thousands of years and working to implement them as modern practices, uh, indigenomics welcomes people to an indigenous world view. So that is a quick description um, from Caroline Hilton. Uh, it's super, super thorough, but it, it really opened my eyes to some, some new ways of lo looking at the world, some new ways of thinking, um, and, and in reflecting on the discussions that were happening during the, the webinar uh, of, uh, of last week was that it was similar and there's some similar strains of thought um, to, to another framework that I've been learning about lately, which is called clean capitalism, uh, which was popularized by Toby Heaps, the, the founder of Corporate Knights. So uh, those are the kind of two different points of view and perspectives that I'm going to be exploring today and um, talking through what this, what similarities I noticed um, and just put it out of the world and, and hear people's thoughts on it. So to, to jump in on the, the, the webinar, give you a bit more context, uh, Indigenous communities are really powerhouses of knowledge, abundance, resilience, and resources. They've been around for thousands and thousands of years um, and have really supported a circular, sustainable economy um, in their, their own communities. And so there's a lot that I believe we can learn uh, from them as, I mean, we've seen modern society is just very big on extracting resources, burning fuel, like all these other ways of kind of destroying the land and, and Mother Earth. And so I think that there's a lot that we have to, to learn um, from so these people with, with quite a bit of experience and knowledge on, on their indigenous cultural practices. And so the organization Cultural Survival um, is the one organizing the, the webinar. They brought together four indigenomics experts to discuss uh, these topics. And so you can, if you're curious, you can check them out. I, they have some great blogs that I, I was reading through. You can check them out at culturalsurvival.org. Um, but for the, the discussion specifically, it weaved through a number of important topics. And as they were going through, a uh, conversation was sparked uh, by an attendee, actually, about the, the speaker's perspective on monetary currency uh, versus pre-colonial forms of, of trade, uh, cultural exchange, and resource extraction. And so uh, an initial theory shared by Joe, who's of uh, Cato and Delaware Nation, he proposed that 
monetized systems actually disconnect us from the source of our resources and that natural resource extraction for commodity and profit ignores the laws of physics, uh, such as the fact that for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Um, so, But when looking at commodified resource extraction, it assesses only whether the actions create financial profit, but not how it impacts anything else in the system, like the surrounding communities, the, the, the nature, the land. So this was the, the pr proposition from Joe and a theory that he's, he's working through and doing research on. Um, and so I found this really, really intriguing because what arose in the continued discussion was that there is a desire to work towards a monetary system that reflects the functions of this uh, kind of the circular systems of the world um, and, and finding something that is regenerative, uh, nourishing and anchored in taking care of our life support system, Mother Earth. So, I mean, it's pretty evident like where humans would not be here without the planet. Uh, and so this is a really important thing that when we look at our current economy, we need, there's obviously some changes that need to be made. And um, there, there was a bit of debate of like, are currencies at the root of this problem? Like, do the, does that kind of distance between the dollars that you have in your wallet or your bank account and the resources that were required to create those dollars or that value, is that distance problematic? Um, so there's some different opinions back and forth, but one that really resonated with, with me uh, from doctor, one of the speakers, uh, Dr. Penelis uh, Droz, who's from uh, Anishinaabe and Wendat uh, Nations. So uh, she added that in, in her, she's been talking about this for many years, and in her debates about the topic, the currency we use, she believes that the currency we use doesn't actually matter. It's more so the values that the economic structure is based on. Uh, and so that what if, if our economic structure values relationships with water, earth, community, people, etc., then we will have a more sustainable, nourishing system. So, I mean, this is, I've been doing some research on this and uh, it's come up in uh, the generally acceptable accounting principles. Like these are, these are starting to change uh, environmental, social and governance priorities are being included in that financial reporting. So we're seeing some of this start to poke up and change uh, in the, the current structures. Um, I mean, one example of this is carbon tax. It's connecting the carbon output uh, with a financial uh, kind of penalty, essentially, for that, that output. And so if, if you're an organization doing this, it's going to help disincentivize the environmental damage caused by different organizations. So that's that's one example that we see um, in uh, here in Ontario um, with with that carbon tax. And so um, this was this was intriguing. I really enjoyed that part of the the webinar and the conversation. The whole webinar was amazing, um, but this one really stuck out to me also because um, some of the other research I've been doing, looking at clean capitalism, uh, and some of the publications from corporate knights. And so uh, what. What, there's there's a great article called the blueprint for clean capitalism that I've been was reading through and just thinking a lot on, um, and it shares many of the similar values, like talking about how we need to link uh, our economy to uh, to natural resources, to human resource, like people, making sure that uh, people uh, have improved health, uh, it, and also making sure that we have strong institutions. Um, so it was it was interesting to see some of the similarities in that. Um, 
in, in these two different theories. And so to explain more of clean capitalism, essentially Toby, uh, the, the, what he is, is described is that considering everything as capital. So when we think about it right now, you've got like financial capital, so money, uh, you've got produced capital, so that's roads, the electrical grid, technology. These are produced things uh, that have value and create value. Uh, but then some some areas that have been a little left behind uh, in the, the modern era are human capital. So this is improving health, education, skills. Like we can see, especially it's happening in many countries, but what comes directly to mind is just what's happening in the United States with the, the, the pandemic and the the lack and divestment uh, from edu- public education. So these things are, are popping up and we're seeing it. Uh, another one that he touches on is social capital. So the health and robustness of our institutions. We can see this has been gradually, gradually taken down. And I mean, the, the last U.S. election, just like the, the questioning of those institutions and whether the, the votes were legitimate, like that is going to damage the faith in institutions. And I mean, that's a whole other subject, whether those institutions are actually good for us or is that system just, I mean, many people describe democracy as the least worst system out there, but is it? Um, that's something I think that we should think about and reflect on um, when when looking and learning from indigenous worldviews and, and history. Um, I, I think that there are other options out there. We just need to think about it and consider it. Um, but then the last form of capital that uh, Toby discusses is natural capital. So this is forest, fossil fuel reserves, minerals, land, etc. Um, and so his view is that it, with clean capitalism, we need to balance all of these forms of capital, not just financial capital, um, in order for humans to survive, uh, especially that last piece on natural capital. Right now we are uh, destroying the world through our resource extraction, fossil fuel burning, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and so these are these are some of the thoughts that explored um, in the webinar and, and in my readings on clean capital. Um, super thought provoking, getting me to to question kind of actually lifelong held beliefs of like our systems and um, how we how we can live um, and and navigate the world and meet our needs because essentially at the at the core of this we just we're our human needs are shelter food belonging community there's a number of others but those those are some of our core needs and and really these the the capitalistic structures are just there to help us meet those needs but sometimes i think we can forget that um so this was just a really interesting point of view that i wanted to reflect on share with you um and and just encourage you to start thinking about how are your values linked to the economy and and where you put your money so maybe ask if you're if you're interested, reflect on this, pull out a journal, do some thinking and ask yourself, how can I make changes in the way that I spend and make money to better align with my values? And so that is the question that I leave you with today. If you want to join me on that uh, reflective journey, um, I, I welcome it. So please, uh, if you like this episode, I would love if you share it with a friend. This is the first one, just going to get started. And uh it's fun. I like, I like sharing these thoughts, exploring the, the different things that I'm learning. And so uh, I will continue to, to do so. I'm aiming for once a week. Uh, but yeah, I thank you for listening and I'll see you all next week.